before emperors Constantine and Theodosius made Christianity the the official religion of the Roman Empire in the 4th century AD, the first day of the week, Sunday, was a work day. The early Christians adopted that first day, as you know, as the Lord's Day. But when they gathered on that day, that first day, it didn't feel like the first day to them. No, this was the day that the breathless disciples ran to the tomb and saw it empty. It was the day that Jesus appeared to Mary in the garden and called her by name. It was the day he broke bread with the two men from Emmaus. And as he broke the bread, their eyes were opened and they recognized him. This was not just the return of the first day. This was not just going through the cycle of six and then seven and back to one. This was a new day, a day of days, a day unlike any other. And they began calling it the eighth day of creation, conveying something extra, something about time beyond regular time. So while everyone around them saw Sunday as the first day of the new seven-day week, the Christians saw it as a day when our time was invaded by resurrection, a day when the Spirit of Christ was set loose in the world. So if you look carefully at this baptismal font and most baptismal fonts, you will notice that both, both the base and the top of that font are designed with eight sides. Baptismal pools and fonts from the earliest days of Christianity were eight-sided because they believed that the waters of baptism were a baptism into a new creation, into time beyond time, into another way of measuring reality. I must admit that too often I think of Sunday as the last day of the week. I bet I'm not alone in that. For me, it's the culmination of a week of preparation. For others, Sunday is a day of much-needed rest that marks the end, not the beginning, of a weekend. A day to sleep in, to go to church, to grab brunch, to swing a club to cast a line, to grill out by the lake in a hammock. It feels like the end, like a brief pause before Monday. The true first day of the week meets us with its expectations. But in the earlier days of the Roman Empire, before, it, before Christianity became the official religion of the empire, Sunday was the first day of the work week. And so those earliest Christians celebrated the Lord's Day on that first day amid their work. It was a launching point, not a rest stop. They entered that work week, uh, they entered that work week not as the first day, however, 
but as the eighth. The carpenter went to his little shop in Nazareth, not under the drudgery of yet another week, but in the joy of the resurrection. Each time he swings a hammer or fashions a piece of wood, he does it to the glory of the Spirit of Christ, who has come into this world like a fresh wind, loosing resurrection power. And the woman who walks to the well to gather water for the animals on Sunday walks not on the first day, but on the eighth day. As she brings up the water in her bucket, it splashes over the edges, reminding her of baptism, her baptism, in the name of the one who promises springs of living water gushing up to eternal life. And even though most of us do not any longer go to work on the first day of the week, and even though Constantine changed the Roman calendar, so that Sunday, the first day, was a day of worship and rest and remains so for many of us today, Sunday for us is still and always will be the eighth day of creation, a day that marks a day beyond days, a new creation. Pentecost, for example. Pentecost is the eighth week The word Pentecost is the Greek translation of the Hebrew word for the 50th day. The Feast of Weeks is what it was called in Hebrew. According to the Jewish tradition, the period of time from the Passover to the day Moses received the law on Mount Sinai was 50 days. Seven weeks plus one day. For those who are math challenged, seven weeks 49 days plus one. That one day added on for the Jewish people was significant. 50 was the number of Jubilee. Every 50 years, according to the law, all slaves were to be set free, all debt was to be forgiven. It was to be a new day and a new beginning for all the people. There's no evidence, by the way, that a year of Jubilee was ever observed in Israel. But it still stands in that law as a sign, a marker of what God intends. It still stands at the center of Jewish life and ours as a reminder that the God who gave the law calls forth from us a new way of life, grants to us new beginnings. From Easter day to Pentecost is 50 days. Seven weeks of seven plus one day, this day. And oh, what a day it is. It's the day of days, the culmination of the Easter story with the coming of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ. In the beginning, you remember in the book of Genesis, the earth was a formless deep and it was all chaos. And in the middle of this chaos, a wind blows, according to the writer. And that Hebrew word for wind is ruah. The ruah blows. 
And that word can be translated as wind or spirit or soul or breath. And so the wind, soul, spirit, breath blows across the chaotic waters. And without this ruah, all is chaos. With it, all is life. The wind blew before the first day ever was. It was simply in the beginning, before a word was spoken. And now... The disciples gather in a house in a bustling Jerusalem on the eighth day and the fiftieth day, the beginning of the eighth week, and the Spirit blows through there a new creation, a new day. No longer will the barriers of language or race keep God's people apart. The Holy Spirit blows down those dividing walls and ushers in a change of heart and organizes the church right there on the spot as a community of worship and teaching and prayer and fellowship and service. The church is on the way and it's a new day, the eighth day, the 50th day, the jubilee, right there in that little room in Jerusalem. Now, some of us will walk out of this sanctuary into the the week, and it feels like tomorrow will be the first day of that week. And those days might feel somewhat mundane. There'll be work, and there'll be not school for most of you. There'll be busy schedules. There'll be camps. There'll be all the things that we fill our days with. Some will walk into a week with days that are filled with pain. Some of you will walk out of here and will sit at bedsides and hospitals. Some of you will walk out of here and walk into situations of grief or broken relationships or monumental changes. We all are going to walk out into a world where tornadoes still level towns like Bowling Green where political divisions keep us stagnant, where there are abuses of power, where there are wars and rumors of wars in places like Ukraine and Syria, Nigeria and Taiwan. The calendar can have the feel of the same old things over and over, the cycle repeating itself. Day seven gives way to day one, And we start all over again. And yet, in the amid the 24-7-365 that we all experience, there are other moments. I've done two weddings already in the last month and have another one next, next Saturday. It seems like the pandemic easing up has caused all of those wedding plans to rush ahead into this one spring and summer. And Kim and I have attended multiple graduation parties. And during the pandemic, these things didn't really happen, at least not in that in-person sense. And I guess that's why I've noticed more the sheer joy on the faces of the young couple as they stand before me and 
the waves of pride that you see out there in the congregation among the family and the gathered friends, the display of tassels and awards and the photos of the new graduate from birth to preschool to elementary and on to this day, everyone walking on air. I have to tell you about these kinds of days. You remember before the pandemic, anytime you were in that kind of a crowd, there were always a few who were not happy to be there. You know, another wedding, another graduation party. But after the pandemic, I've noticed I don't see those people as much, if at all. Everyone realizes what a gift this is after having missed it for so long. The flights are full. The highways are jammed with people making their way to these events. Nothing will keep them away because it's kind of like time within time, eighth day moments where the spirit is in the air. And I always said I would not be that person. You know, that older person. It's hard for me to even say that. (laughs) That older person who looks at the couple walking down the aisle or the graduate stepping up onto the stage and at the reception afterwards says something like, I can't believe this. I remember when you were born or you were baptized or you were confirmed. I remember your first day of preschool. And usually... the older person will pinch you on the cheek, you know, (laughs) that guy. But I have become that guy. I don't pinch cheeks yet, thank goodness. But you realize in those eight-day moments how quickly the seven days go by and how much you treasure them. It's the Spirit of Christ, the eighth day, that can infuse all the other days and help us to mark them and mark them well, to recognize God at work in them, the Spirit of Christ flowing through those regular days. Whether they're filled with drudgery or with pain or with joy, they can all be filled with purpose and power and prayer. Because the truth is, it is Pentecost every day. The Spirit of Christ is loose in the world to set each minute of each day, of each week, of each year, afire with God's love. So let us welcome this gift today and every day. Amen.